I have a lot of difficulty calming my busy mind when trying to meditate. Do you have any tips? So I think the biggest tip here is stop. Stop trying to calm your busy mind. And that sounds strange and counterproductive, but when we reflect a little bit more on what we maybe are trying to achieve in meditation, typically one of two things is true. Sometimes in meditation, we say that we're trying to achieve nothing, which again might sound a bit strange, but you know, you might just want to hang out with friends for no reason, you know, just because you enjoy doing it. So <laughs> there doesn't need to be a goal. So sometimes meditative practice can be its own reward. And therefore just engaging with what's happening without having too much of a goal can be helpful. However, even if we do have uh, a, a particular goal, uh, the best way typically to achieve that goal is not by chasing it too much. So it is true that the, the frequency of thoughts and, and the quality of thoughts tends to transform or change through meditative practice. Just like we could say the quality of health changes, the level of physical fitness, etc., through, um, through exercise or through eating well. But of course, if you're eating well or you're being active, you're typically not working too hard to be healthy. It, it, the health is just something that sort of emerges from that. So I think equally with meditation, something similar is true. So often we approach meditation in a very results-oriented way, and again, for good reason. We think, maybe at first we think nothing because we're caught up in maybe a negative spiral of thought. Then we move to the point where we say, okay, I'm noticing that spiral of negativity. And then maybe we're fighting that or we're getting lost in it. But either way, we're a bit more conscious of it, which is a good step in the right direction. And then maybe we reach a more advanced point where we say to ourselves, well, I really want to have a clear mind and feel a bit more space. Okay, good. That's nice. Nice and positive. However, that itself can still be a bit of a challenge because then maybe we find a meditative technique and we sit down and we try and rid our mind of the thoughts. But sometimes the example that's used here is it's a little bit like having a, a basin of water that you've just been carrying. So you're walking around with it and it's kind of sloshing backwards and forward. And you put it down on the surface and it's still kind of moving around for a while. So what you do is you just keep hitting the water to try and still it. Of course, every time you do that, you're perturbing it even more. And you get a bit of a feedback loop going on, which isn't really that helpful. So paradoxically, the best thing you could do is absolutely nothing. <laughs> stop trying to settle the active mind or trop, stop trying to uh, make the water become level. Because if you do just leave it, of course, it would take a little while back and forward, like the pendulum kind of swinging, but it would then find its own level. And over time, in that example, it would become completely still, like a mirror, and you would see yourself then very clearly in it. So you may not get to mirror status in terms of the, the, uh, the, the ease and the space that your mind gives you within a few minutes, which is probably what will happen with the basin of water. But the principle definitely applies of intervention sometimes being a little bit of an issue here. So I think a good starting point is that the uh, frequency of the thoughts while meditating is none of your business. None of your, that's your mind's job. That's not your job. Just like health is none of your business when you're exercising and eating well. You know, obviously, you want it. That's fine. It's not, not a problem to have that as, as an outcome that you'd appreciate. 
but not to chase it too much because otherwise you're actually interrupting the meditative process in, in, in the act of doing that. So I think the thing we want to practice here is practicing simply acknowledging. You know, what's going on? Who am I? Where am I? Not trying to change necessarily. You know, the change again can come about in its own way, but just simply acknowledging. You know, and you're going to notice the environment you're in. But you're also going to notice thoughts. And we tend to put ourselves on one side of the equation where we go, the environment is here and I'm over here. And my thoughts are inside me. So therefore, they're my fault or responsibility. So they may be your responsibility in the sense that you want to decide what happens with them and you may be like the health example want to do some work to make sure that you're cultivating healthier thoughts but it's not that simple because if you've had a bit of a bad day through no fault of your own that's probably going to echo within your system you're going to have memories you're going to have a bit of feelings a bit of physical tension you know like like if you walk outside and it's pouring rain you're probably going to walk in wet that that's just being carried over it's not your fault in any sense now again you can respond to that in a better or worse way you can change your clothes externally you can change your mindset internally as to how you feel about it but the the core occurrence of the thoughts themselves that's not something to attach too much blame to it's not something to hold on to too tightly and so if you sit down needing to have no thoughts that's too much pressure really to, to put upon yourself in that moment so instead, and again, there's different styles of meditation here, so it depends on, on what you're doing and exactly why you're doing it. But typically, on average, is a good starting point. I find it's helpful to really just give the mind the space to think the thoughts it needs to, and just to practice that awareness of those thoughts and to let them come and go. Now, the response that often comes in here is, ah, yes, but I've tried that, but it's still not yeah just you need to keep trying <laughs> keep giving it space because what we sometimes do is we we try and cheat a little bit by saying okay i'll give myself that space to let the thoughts just do what they need to it's like are they gone yet are they gone yet did it work it's like no we're still actually having a low level pressure there in the background which isn't particularly helpful so watch out for that and you know if you were to Go to downtown Manhattan in the middle of New York on a very, very busy day if you were to just sit there watching the traffic. The traffic would probably never stop, but there's no reason why you couldn't feel a great sense of space and an awareness of what's there, that you don't need to be defined by the busyness of the city. I mean, sure, it's there as, a, as an input, but at the same time, it can almost make you feel calmer because you can say, wow, look how busy the city is. I'm glad that I can just sit here nice and still and calm. You can actually enjoy that space. So that, that, that's what's interesting. You know, it's not a given that what's present in our sensory experience necessarily has to define you know, who we are and how we respond in that moment. Now, of course, be practical if you're just surrounded by craziness the whole time. Get away from it if that's possible, you know, or at least bring in other more calming influences. But at the same time, it is lovely to know that there is that space. And yeah, we don't necessarily need to fight the busy mind. Instead, we can 
kind of almost set the example for the mind of what it actually is to become. What that does tend to do then is it tends to resonate in the system. So over time, there maybe are fewer thoughts and there's a better quality of thoughts. And that happens again, just like health sort of manifests when you live a healthy lifestyle. You're not chasing it, but you are giving it space to be there. Okay, so over in the comments, uh, Patricia says, well, the simplest one I learned is following your breath, for example, uh, up to 10. Yeah, so when you're practicing, particularly at the beginning stages of, of meditation, but really at any point, sometimes having something concrete to use as a tool is very helpful. And it's very much like exercise that, you know, in principle, you don't really need tools to exercise with. You can just, you know, to, to do whatever routines are, are necessary. But the problem is, do you know those routines and are you doing them in an accurate way? So this is where things like gym equipment comes in or kettlebells or weights or skipping ropes or these various aids and supports. So things like counting or focusing in a particular point, like looking at a candle as it burns or looking to a fire, these types of meditative practices are kind of the equivalent of those exercise tools that you can use to help guide your attention. So they'd be really useful. You know, it's like experts use gym equipment and experts don't, and beginners use gym equipment and beginners don't. Again, whatever works for you. But yeah, something like counting, something fixed to be able to give a focus to your attention can be really useful. And there can be a nice pacing that comes with that as well. If you found this valuable, do like, subscribe, and share. And what's your experience? Do you have any questions or topic suggestions? You can contribute in the comments, on social media using hashtag BodyMindSelf, or at JFL.com.